This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, here with my guy, Spencer. Spencer, I gotta say, man, we watch a lot of soccer on this podcast. We are good friends who like to do so. I think we more I sent, I think we spent more time uh, being friends this weekend than watching soccer, buddy, and I'm, I'm happy we were able to do that. Wow, yeah, it was a great time, Andrew. A great, fun weekend, but... Uh... Yeah, as you kind of alluded to, our soccer watching maybe was put on the back burner a bit. There was just so much going on. Obviously, having you in town, great time, yep. bunch of yeah, shenanigans getting into. And uh, there was, I, I don't know if you guys all missed it or not, but there was basketball on from literally about 11 a.m. <laughs> until about 11 p.m. every single day. So yeah, man, lots of lots of sports, man. Lots of bets, lots of fun. No, uh, lots of Jameson. Hell of a weekend. How how did yeah. you enjoy it, buddy? I, I had a great time. Uh all those things you said, personally exploring uh, most alt-rock music between the uh, years of 2006 and 2012, I think we left no stone unturned in that respect as well. Yeah, we uh, the fights were great. We got the World Baseball Club. It, it was seriously, it was a perfect like sports weekend up there. And part of that was not, there weren't a ton of, there's some big games. We'll talk about them for sure, right? Um, but kind of a chill weekend and then headed in, like soccer-wise, and then headed into time off for the premier league an international break here so i, I kind of think we couldn't have timed it better if we tried i think so uh i, I guess kudos to uh the ncaa for getting their timing right this year with uh Always. lining it up with the premier league's break and stuff but yeah, yeah like uh especially if your club wasn't in the cup this weekend like there was a couple fixtures couple important ones but uh lighter lighter schedule for the prim this weekend and then the uh, few cup games where we had a couple interesting things here and there like uh i was super concerned about watching my team play obviously my club city play and yeah, you got, uh, they you put got that your game past, to bed you got your current you. manager you got your future manager yeah man you had a lot of a lot of stuff to watch i, I a lot of stuff Chelsea but, disappoint. Uh, but it wasn't it was it was a hard weekend to just be like yep up at 6 30 a.m to see what that early draw is it's like no no what we were doing friday night had no chance of turning into a 6 a.m <laughs> 6 30 a.m uh saturday morning tip off there so um we'll get her going we'll break it down for you guys as we always do but um more we more work off of uh off highlights and 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 box scores than we normally try to do here for you this week so our apologies we'll get you back next week i'll probably watch usa play against grenada so you know that's that's poor judgment on my own but we'll get it back to you here man yeah for sure and uh like you said, international break leading up, but let's kind of uh, break down what we had going on this yeah, weekend, let's, Andrew. Let's uh, let's start weekend. with the domestic cup. There, we'll get the FA Cup. I know we had uh, the big one. I would, well, not the big one. The big one uh, for my guy Spencer, as he alluded to there, six nil, an actual welcome home, Vincent Company. Here's your thrashing. Please take it and go. Can't wait to see you next year in the Prem, bud from uh from his mentor coach pep guardiola 
You yeah. treat house guests, you treat house guests and friends a lot better than Pep Guardiola does. I've got to say, just an immediate compliment to you. If it, thanks, buddy. If I was I if I was treated like Vincent Company was treated, you know, like coming home seeing a good friend in his new place, I wouldn't be coming back. I'll, I'll come back and visit. I don't know that Vince Vince might have the flu next year when they play uh, <laughs> when they play at City. Man, that was brutal. Yeah, like worst off by Pep. He just welcomed him with this crazy Nordic meat child that was just scoring goals left and right again uh erling holland it's the erling holland show still man and it's you know funny at the beginning of the year we had this whole like he's breaking everything we don't understand what's going on and then there was the lull in the middle for the last couple months kind of of you know we'd have these spike games a lull lull is similar to chelsea's best scoring run of the season but a lull like yeah, but see, he set such a crazy standard early on, right? That we were people, including us, were talking about like this team. Do they know how to play with him? Like, do they understand how to play with a striker? Is he hurting the team? Blah blah. blah. He's scoring some goals, but he's hurting the team. And um, look, quite frankly, uh, no. <laughs> I'm gonna go on a know. limb. I think it's better to have Erling Holland than it's not than it is to not have him. Right, and I controversial think a big part take. Of it. Right. I think a big part of it, though, honestly, is, you know, I've prayed, I've been on here like saying I need it, I need it, I need it. Them just hooving the ball forward to him sometimes, playing him in on these balls and behind, play to his strengths a little more. And it's counterintuitive for Pep, for Pep, but he's, you know, he started to kind of take that and build a game plan over the last few matches that have given Holland a lot of chances to score and uh score he has Andrew <laughs> score he has yeah I, I was actually thinking about this after I is this two straight appearances here for uh with a uh hat trick right uh, it would be eight goals in two games yes eight goals in two games too many um by by consistent standards here um so what I've decided and you don't know this is happening is every time Erling Holland has a hat trick I need you to tell me what kind of hat it is and where it ranks amongst his other hats. Um, because clear, like just saying Erling Holland had three goals, had a hat trick, isn't enough. We need a further classification of Erling Holland hat trick. So, Spencer, the floor is yours here. Um, as you did not know this was coming, my favorite type of thing to do. What kind of hat trick was this for Erling Holland? Are we going like a like a one to ten scale here or something? No, I I, I need you to describe a hat to me. It could be a very it could be a fedora, right? Maybe not a great hat oh, trick, kind of like, like an actual. It could hat. be like oh, a Got brand it. new like forty seven, uh, you know, snapback, right? Brand new, like it could be anything. I and not all hat tricks are created equal, right? Saying Erling Holland had three goals is boring, and Erling Holland is not boring. I feel like we need to just bring a little bit of life to it. Um. Let's see. I don't know if I'm going to go something as extravagant as like a fedora or something. Sure, or like a, sure. Like a top hat. Let's go. Let's go just a solid. I, I think this one was pretty run of the mill. This was just kind of your normal ball cap. I think like good old reliable, like your your go to hat. Yeah. Not in that like you would throw it on the field or something or on the ice for like hockey. Like I wouldn't throw that hat away. But you know, this is just your run of the mill, your nice baseball cap that you bum around town. And I think. Just kind of another day at the office for Erling, I'd say on this one. Is it like a, uh, like a, like a, like a, like a typical like English cap, like the cat, a kind of hat you'd be seeing in like a, like a Peaky Blinders or something like that. Um, that's what I was picturing for this. It's a, uh, this is a weird part of the podcast where I try to describe what a hat looks like. Um, 
but like a scally cap as I'm, I'm googling it here like a boston five panel scally cap like kind of has a little bit of a brim on it but nothing on the sides and like like what I don't the know, I think blinders is, wear right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I start if i start at some place that makes sense cut me off before i start yeah. saying things that are well i was seeing if you could find the name because i had no idea super what the don't name was either super but don't know the name scally blinders hat a, a joey scales hat sure let's call it a well joey it's it, well hat. it's this is i think the boston scally company is what so, no uh, it's a peaky blinders hat it's kind of what i was thinking yeah it's um, called a peaky blinders hat and and not like a lot that. of not a lot Tommy of like razors in the brim right um which yeah. is what they're kind of known for right um but a few right not none but like a, a typical like kind of fairly day at the office hat trick for our guy here um which is an insane thing to say about a striker, but here we are. Here we are, man. Any any other thoughts on uh, on City's absolute walloping of Vincent Company, who had to put up with questions like, um, I saw a thing that said he was uh, like not asking not to be referred to as like the next man in charge or like the coach kind of in waiting type of thing. Like, do we think Burnley acquitted themselves nicely, and this is just City overrunning them because it looked bad. And I know there's only so much you can do trying to play open against City. Like, not a great idea, guys. But I appreciate um, the uh, I appreciate the effort. It didn't go well, but you know, yeah, it it was kind of just one of those where kind of surprised you because they did play somewhat open, and you just like you know we've been told, and I've said you know we've seen clips and stuff, but we haven't watched Burnley play so much how they don't play this daishi and 442 anymore and they're like the, the know, literal pain of your existence the literal right. pain of spencer's existence is this it's, it was really fun to like or funny peculiar i guess is the right word to like see a burnley side like trying to play and uh yeah they were just <laughs> they were just completely overrun man um overall like uh, it's it's not where Vince is going to make his bread and butter. Like you said, it looks like we're going to see him in the prem next year. So uh, see how it goes against, you know, some more level playing fields, but uh city's just way too much for him to stay, but it was nice to have him back bombing around the Etihad for a day. Yeah, man. Um, I definitely get that. And uh, it's never gone poorly for a premier league team that comes up and they're going to play a good brand of football that always works out. And it's never, ever been a problem. Uh, cough <laughs> looking at you, Norwich, uh, Fulham like three different times before it finally stuck. Um, Wolves for a little bit too. Like coming up and trying to play an open thing is like very admirable. Um, don't know how effective that is. So we'll, we'll see how uh, it's kind of a nice thing to be like, all right, this is this little snapshot we get of Burnley. What can you do between now and then to solidify and make sure this isn't happening every couple of weeks? Cause uh, nothing I saw made me think this wasn't going to happen regularly against big teams when they come up next year. Yeah. But, um, but speaking of big teams, we have a three, one finish to United. That was, I wouldn't say marred by controversy, but it was marred by the very, very angriness of one of your favorite people. So I'm going to absolutely give the floor to you here to hear what you have to say about United 3, Fulham 1. Mitrovic sent off, William sent off. Arco Silva yeah. sent off too? The hat trick? Is that a hat trick for a referee? I think it's got to be, Sending right? off of three players? It's it's kind of beautiful. It's Like at least the equivalent of a Gordy Howe if you're sending off like two <laughs> The referee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you would, yeah, you get an attacker and a, I think you need like a defender, right? Thrown out for like what he yeah. does an attacker thrown out for what he says 
and a manager thrown out for like screaming at your official. That way you took care of like what's actually on the field, right? Mm-hmm. You took care of someone disrespecting you and you got to take care of uh, someone disrespecting um, the fourth official, right? I think that's a referee hat trick. I think that uh, I might be that's, down with that, but uh, that's yeah. the referees, Gordy Howe. Yep. Three sending offs, man. Uh, don't see that too often. And yeah, big meat, a uh, little bit of a meathead movie. Grabs onto <laughs> the referee, pulls him back, starts like gets right in his face. Now it's like, holy fuck, buddy. Like I, you're, I know you're intense, but you got to turn tune it out a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, the game itself, um, pretty comfortable for United, honestly. Like, well, I, I think up until up until that goal, which I think is second half. Correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but like Fulham are up one nil. Fulham's yeah. pretty good at seeing it out. United has all this firepower, but they just kind of weren't clicking is like what I took away from it. It's like, look, you got Fernandez, you got all these guys. It's just something's a little missing. And then that Willian, I mean, we have to talk about the actual play, right? But it's a gorgeous break from United all the way down the field, empty net. Willian tracking back, putting a lot of effort in with just one of the worst like guilty handball i'm gonna stop this from going in the net um that we've seen in a while where it's just so clearly purposeful that i can't quite uh like when he gets the red and like first of all it not being called a handball straight away seems like a bad call but they go to var they overrule it right they send off william which is absolutely the right play because it's such a guilty little like no, 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 my arm's in a casual position. Haven't you seen all this stuff about the arm being in casual position? It's like, yeah, not on the goal line, bud. Like, great job hustling back. I appreciate the effort, but this ain't it. And then, like, I just don't understand how Mitrovic, like, like this is not, to me, this is not the call to lose your mind over. Yeah. Right? Like, there are plenty of, like, times i see people lose their mind about stuff in soccer and i'm like i get it man your teammate just got sent off like william knew what he was doing that's where i can't like get past is like william knew what he was doing and after watching the replay for i don't know two seconds you go yeah he's william's done man 10 men against united not where you want to be but like don't make it nine yeah (laughs) yeah and sorry that's probably what i when i say it was pretty straightforward like once yeah after the before and after there's never well, been a more clear before and after. Like right. everything was going fine until right. I should William. I should say for Fulham like supporters like they had like this game they they looked good in it. Yeah, like you said, they had really frustrated United so far. Had the lead, and then though like once it you know we got that play um, penalty scored. They they're down to nine even before the penalty is taken, and you're like. Yeah, this is gonna probably get away from him at that point. It did basically instantly <laughs> because they <laughs> and it's right gone. after the penalty. So <laughs> and it's gone. Yeah, um, that was honestly like yeah, the big story was uh, that big event. I'm, I'm with you. I I think it had to be a uh, red card for sure. I, I think that on the goal line like that, obviously keeping a goal out and stuff. So yeah, uh, well on United, they're going for the uh, Dollar General double this year, I guess, with just the cups, no league, no <laughs> Champions League. But uh, uh, well on them, on to the semis for them. Yeah, and uh, speaking of dreams getting absolutely crushed here, Brighton five, Grimsby, the Cinderella in a weekend of March Madness tournaments that featured Princeton, Furman, all these teams making great runs. The magic was not there for Grimsby five nil. Yeah. 
I, uh, I've never, you know, you're watching March Madness and it's like fairly Dickinson and you're like, never heard of that college before. Like that's kind of had the Grimsby town treatment, I guess of like, I've never heard that school before. <laughs> like what? Grimsby? Right. But, but yeah, but then they're in, that's actually a great analogy because then fairly Dickinson's like, they just beat Purdue. All right. Shit. All right. Fairly Dickinson. Like let's give it a shot. Like fairly Dickinson gets to the second round in this tournament. Grimsby and well past the equivalent of the second round. This is like what a sweet 16 run. It feels like I'd say so. Um, yeah, quarterfinals. Yeah. Sweet 16. It's, it's, it's like Even the last, eight. it's like the last respectable place where it's kind of like, okay, the big team, the biggest teams left need to kind of figure this out now. Unless mm-hmm. we're going to, unless we're going to have a real Cinderella run, but um, Brighton and uh, just absolutely stepping on their throats, putting them out of their misery um i i don't have a lot of thoughts great job grimsby um well done golf clap golf clap for grimsby golf clap little baby golf clap for grimsby um but yeah an absolute shelling right if this was like the 3-1 game with a turning point right it'd be a huge story i think but yeah grimsby uh gracefully bows out or ingracefully bounces out at this point sheffield united three blackburn two kind of the last of the um smaller teams right like this it kind of gets our final four matchups here to feel like a final four does that make sense is that uh, does that agree agree with you here yeah i i think that's a solid way to put it now um, yeah i mean three two well done for sheffield uh moving on to a semi-final of this that's really awesome for them like that and how uh, will we reward sheffield for their awesome <laughs> performance spencer what have they won yeah uh they've won an all-inclusive ticket to the Erling Holland show. Uh, oh no! On Saturday, get your hats ready. April twenty-second. I might throw a fish on the ice. I don't know, man. It's gonna be <laughs> might be a bloodbath for the red and white stripes there. Um, but it does set up a city Sheffield on one side of the bracket and Brighton United. See, I got it's too much basketball lately. I have to say bracket at Final Four. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the terminology is I can't turn it off. I read a substantial recap every day. Can't go away. (laughs) Um, Brighton United. So it sets up a possibility of a derby for you guys in the final here. Um, I mean, it's nice that you guys weren't absolutely screwed in this draw as well, um, which we'll get to. It's nice to have a nice draw. Hey, man, (laughs) I can only imagine what those are like. Um, But uh, I I really do think like these are the two best kind of matchups because I want to see City get through. Right. I want to set up that date with United. And I think it's more fun to give bright to give like United a team like Brighton. They have to overcome to build up their confidence before you guys try to put nine goals in their net. Yeah. And for Brighton, like they've obviously in the league had such a good season. We've talked so much about how much they've overachieved and how good they've looked under Zebri, like still in the running for top six, most certainly, if not even top four. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just kind of an excl- exclamation point for them to uh, get to a semifinal. And uh, look, I-, I think that they're going to go into that game. They've, they beat United already this year. They're going to think that they want to get to the final and they're not going to be just okay yeah. with uh just bowing down and letting it be a Manchester Derby potentially same on Sheffield. I'm sure they will come up with something up pragmatic to, tr- to try to frustrate city but uh put 11 you, men out there you I know the crazy thing about Sheffield yeah. too is i was thinking about uh back like they were super 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 close to losing to um wrexham 
Yeah. Like so close mm-hmm. to losing to Wrexham. Like had a late, late goal to even force a replay and barely got through the replay too. Oh, or like losing yeah. late. So like, I almost forgot it, about that. That's yeah. I just, it's I been just a great run for Sheffield. Spot. I do. I like to see like a team doing well in the championship, get this far. I yeah. don't mean to be dismissive of them, but we're, we're sending them to the actual meat grinder. Yeah. The, it's a tough draw. The Norwegian meat child is there waiting. And he smells blood in the water, and blood in the water for him is like five goals. Um, Still immortal. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 here's a real question: Who scored more goals this year, Erling Holland or Sheffield? As an entire team, uh, I don't know if you uh, want to look it up, but I know how. I I have a prediction on who's got more goals. Um, but that's. Uh... <laughs> oh man, that is. Kind of a tasty matchup. Um, it would really set up a like, what's going on? You know, the kind of crisis you guys are sometimes set up for this time of year, right? A real crisis of faith in Pep. If like Sheffield comes out and like plays you guys off the pitch or something like, you know, like it it happens, right? It's soccer. You go out there with your eleven guys, and there's literally no way of telling how it's going to go, right? Crazier things have happened, but. Yeah, the way that draw set up is I I do I like I now that you mention it man, Brighton getting through that would be a real big win to their season and would you guys rather see United? Like I think you guys would almost rather see United than this Brighton team. This Brighton team is kind of a wild card, man. Like they're just getting dudes all of a sudden like Solly March wears a cape around. Like <laughs> not what we thought was happening at the beginning of the season, you know, but I think they might give you more trouble than uh, than United do. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a tough draw either way for City. Should they get through? I, I don't like talking about this. I'm not going to lie. I don't like just being like, yeah, it's a foregone conclusion there to the final. I, I don't know. They never lose like to bad. a championship team. This, that would never this feels happen. like bad. Well, they already lost to Southampton in the other cup, so like basically not lost yet a championship team. <laughs> they just play like it most weekends. Um, I have somebody, been doing somebody some, come get Jackboard Prowse. Somebody come. I have, get him. I, <laughs> I have been doing some Googling while uh, we were talking. James Ward Prowse. My apologies. See Jeez. if uh, Erling Holland has outscored <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Field this year. I was hoping and you were. I saw I'm the Googling face. I'm I'm proud to report that Sheffield United. I just found quickly their goals in the championship. They've scored 58. So they've Impressive. got Holland. They've they pipped Holland by 16. For now, right? He should now. be caught up by. How oh, long is it until break. they play? I was gonna say, how long is it until they play? Not until like April 20th. We have Oh, okay. Something to keep an eye on. Who has more goals scored than year? A 20-year-old from Norway or an entire championship contending <laughs> side. So, Well, if you roll in all the goals on. he scores uh, in this international break for Norway, then uh, we the, Sheffield United he, might be in trouble. Here's the actual question. Does he, like, score that much for Norway? Yes. Like, okay, then why is Norway – because you, you do a better job of paying attention to this stuff because you got Sweden right there too, which is, you know, basically your second home country. You pay attention to all their stuff more. But, like – why is why why is Norway bad? Like why is War- Norway not a team we're worried about? Right between him and Odegaard, it's hard not to look at the star power in the team and go get up, get nine other dudes to figure this out. Uh yeah. See, 
I don't want to at all come off like the Norwegian soccer expert here. I do not watch. Yeah, sorry, I, I just appointed you one. <laughs> but in my, I'm waiting for your. I can't wait for your full wrap up of uh, Finland. I have you assigned to next. <laughs> oh boy! But in my <laughs> unprofessional okay. opinion, I think that it's when I've seen them play. The defense is not very organized. Maybe that's a management thing. I don't know anything about their manager, but maybe that's something they should look into. And I think they're almost too much of like a top heavy. Like there's there's two horses there, right? And or there's two really good. Think of it like a sled dogs, right? Like you got like eight sled dogs or something at a time. Like your two at the front, they're just amazing. They are just pulling the hell out of that thing, but they're just dragging six other dogs kind of behind them a lot of the time, it seems. I think you're setting up a very bad sled dog team because I believe from reading uh, books like Call of the Wild that are not at all based on fact, it's mostly about having eight solid team members as opposed to two stars. Oh, that's exactly the point you're making. Come on, Norway, figure it out, man. Like, I just can't believe it. The land of my forefathers, just disappointing. (laughs) Um, but I think let's, let's, uh, let's get to the other Norwegian of note here, Martin Odegaard, helping to lead Arsenal to a four, one win over a manager list, Crystal Palace, um, Crystal Palace finally did something, man. I think we called for it on the last couple of pods. I know I did where I was like, you have to do something. I didn't mean this. This was, you know, show up and get absolutely thrashed versus Arsenal to set up this eight-point gap. Not what I had in mind, but at least making a change and then uh, trying to maybe set up the world's oldest manager to come back and uh, <laughs> coach them again and really solidify them defensively. Back, which baby. Is not, but, like, I mean, when I was when I was calling for them to do something, I was like, you, need, you have these fun offensive players. You should do something with them. And uh, the manager there thinking about appointing – put a leash on it's not it. set up to it's like yeah let's really rein those in um but no do you have a lot of thoughts here about the eight point gap or about arsenal i think they played really well in this game yeah i mean they played well uh, like i said this was uh totally on the highlight machine for me but uh they seemed like they played quite well uh, honestly you know it was one I wasn't going into as a city fan, like looking for a favor from Crystal Palace. I didn't expect much of them. The form they've been in without a manager just had fired Vieira like a couple of days before the match. I wasn't really expecting them to get anything out of this game. Um, but yeah, our Arsenal just, they keep chugging along, man. And uh, I, I don't want to belittle them being, you know, eight points clear and stuff, but I think I'm leaning more towards the interesting part of this match to me is, you know, Crystal Palace and kind of where they go forward from here because uh, I think they're dropping like an anchor, man. Uh, Yeah. Where they go forward from here is like, I don't know if there's a lot of forward Um, outside of maybe a godfather offer to Sean Dyche to jump ship for the second time here. um, I don't think Palace is in danger of actually going down, going down. Um, But but like, but see, that's, that's what I was just about to say. It's like, but we don't know that now, right? Like, we kind of talked about in the last pod, like, every team below, like, was it 12th or 13th, whatever it was I said on the yep, last pod, 12. right? 12 is actually in danger here. And Crystal Palace is really going to test my theory, apparently. They are taking what I'm saying as gospel. And I appreciate that vote of confidence from Crystal Palace here to uh, not make me look silly, but I don't know what the plan is. Do they know what the plan is? Is there a plan? Uh, 
Uncle Roy's just going to come in, sew it up at the back, and they're they're going to be uh, what we had Dollar General double for United trying to get the two cups. They're going to have Dollar General Dollar General Dice, except for Dollar <laughs> General Dice is like the original Dice. No, they they Jesus got they got Christ. blue plate special Dice. Because it's early, Some, man. It's, uh, something must be going on in this. Uh, sorry to cut you off. This no, you're World good. Baseball Classic because our friends are just lighting up our group chat, and I need to turn off our notifications. <laughs> yep. No, I, I you got it. I did that at the start. It was uh, a live look at uh, whatever happened in what is it, the forty seventh inning. I'm going to call it the third inning, third yeah. or fourth inning. Yeah. Um, we're sad we're missing, but we need to bring you people the information. We need 100%. to do it. Um, but really, that's two from Saka, one from Martinelli. I continue to be sad every day that Martinelli is not a Chelsea player, as he is one of my favorites. Um, he might be the winger, uh, one of the starting wingers on my all. I'm jealous they don't play for my team, 11. Um, which during a slow week, I think we should put together one of these days. Um, I not even like the wish winger. list, but just... I, I, who is it? I got it's Fede Valverde, one thousand percent. Oh no, no, no! I got him playing midfield, bud. Ah. Rashford's the Rashford's the one I look at, and I've been like making eyes at for years. Like, got it. You know, Rashford's the one I feel like it's like I found you. It's like I didn't find you. You were on FIFA, and I I played with you. But as long you know, as Fede's in there, I know you. The, I know you love your boy. I do love Fede Valverde. Any fast midfielder who can still do other stuff, oh, love it. I'm a speed merchant at heart. Um, <laughs> but speaking of being a speed merchant as Southampton tried to get themselves out of the bottom here, a rapid trying to push up, but couldn't quite do it. Southampton three Spurs three. What is going on with Tottenham? I know it's our favorite annual. It's our segment every week. What's going on with Tottenham, but three, three to Southampton. And then Antonio Conte tries to light the entire stadium on fire management down. Um, what is going on, man? Like, I I, so, I know we say that as a joke and as the joking name of that segment, but literally, what's happening? So there's a it's lot continued to un- today. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack with Tottenham. So I just want to be fair and give Southampton their flowers. Well done. That's uh, a yep. probably probably a point you didn't expect to get in your climb out of here. So well done by them. Get the super late penalty in the uh, third minute. Just third yeah. minute of stoppage. Down, digging out of a hole, down one nil at half. Yep. Like all and, Theo Walcott turning the clock back. Trey Adams reminding us he's on this roster. Um, James like, Ward-Prowse putting on the cape. Absolutely, man. If well done. Can, well done. Somebody come get him. Um, that's all I got in the game itself. Let's talk about Yeah, let's move on to the more interesting things was, because Tottenham this was games super fun. <laughs> are not interesting in general. Outside, Well, of this was at least a draw. fun game. No, I, I know. Say, I, but... I know. But the general rule is like the Tottenham game, eh, the Tottenham afterwards. That's what you want yeah, to watch. Turn in for that is. post game because Antonio Conte, I know you've got the actual quotes queued up there, but tried to burn this thing down from the top. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and rattle them off for you real quick. This was Conte in his press conference after the game. The problem is we have shown we are not a team. We are 11 players. I see selfish players. I see players that don't want to help each other, don't play with heart. It's the same every season, no matter who the manager is. Reference to Tottenham. <laughs> then he uh, went on further, Andrew, which that's oh, scathing enough of oh, a squad. Well, I was going to say that was a little tame, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's well. That's just you know, manager going at his players. I think you could probably that it doesn't sound right. good. But Sometimes it's like a motivational thing, right? You know, right. all these things. 
But does he make it better or worse in the next oh. section? Well, instead of, you know, he went in two-footed on the players, the squad, so he might as well just go two-footed in on the entire fan base and the entire history of the club because he yep. went on to say they're used to it Because no here. one's ever sensitive about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to make friends. They're used to it here. Don't play for something important. They don't want to play under pressure. They don't want to play under stress. Tottenham's story is this. 20 years there is the owner, and they never won something. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, Antonio. Oh. You're fucking two-footed studs up on him, buddy. I, Jesus does Christ. This put, does this put him... I think Arteta's probably won, right? He's kind of walking away with it. Maybe Deserby, but I think this puts Antonio Conte like firmly third on manager of the year for me. <laughs> this is so good. All right, let's, let's kind of break down what he's saying and how ridiculous it is because, honestly, there's a lot to unpack there. I think it starts with don't play for something important. They don't want to play under pressure. They don't want to play up stress. Um, but then, like, the thing is, like, th- we are 11 players here. Let's go over those 11 players. Christian Romero, a guy that you that was brought in under your reign. You wanted him. You got him. Clement Longley, a guy brought in under your reign. You want him. You got him. Pedro Porro, you just bought him. You just advocated and you just bought him. Son was here when you got here, but you just spent a buttload of money on Richarlison. They probably didn't do any of that without your permission, Antonio Conte. I'm guessing they ran all those things by you and tried to back what you wanted. Ivan Perisic, a huge player that they wanted and they got, right? There was other people going out there for him. To be like, we're 11 players and we're completely, you know, ignorant of each other and nobody cares here. You're in charge of those 11. And all the other ones. Pick the 11 that care. Are you saying there aren't 11 who care? There's not one group you can put out there that even cares about this at all? Because that's incredible. And that's maybe on you, Antonio. I don't know, man. Like, all those things have in common is they're all Tottenham. And they also all listen to what you want to do. Yeah. um, I I think it's obviously... Like you're saying, it, part of it of what's going on now is obviously his fault. Like this team is completely neurotic, and I think they're just a reflection of their manager right now because this club is just neurotic <laughs> at this point with him in charge. He's a crazy person because I think he said like two weeks ago something about he would die for this club, and now right. He's and just, then a month ago he had surgery and couldn't right. coach them for like three weeks. And then there was the whole thing of like last year, like three weeks after he started, he's at Burnley, like basically crying in the rain being like I, I don't know if this job is for me so this guy he's is fighting just- thomas he's fighting thomas tuchel with handshakes <laughs> like that was this year man like oh, it's been man. a long soccer year we're all feeling it right world cup in the middle is a wild move let's not do that again however to act like you have no idea what's going on here is a crazy person move like yeah, he's he's out of his mind, man. And he must um, be so mad they haven't fired him. He's furious. He's looking I, for that severance check, man. And I respect. Well, it's it, but. It, it sure sounds like from the reports, like they, it's totally up in the air. Like by the time you guys are listening, he might be fired. But uh, I, look, I I think that there's a little on both sides here, right? I, I think that yeah, he's bought in a lot of these players. He's constructed a lot of this squad, like. At some point, Conte has kind of been notorious, like you saw it at Chelsea for 
kind of uh, like a lot of managers do. He's, he's a malcontent. You can't make him happy. You can't make him happy. And they, a lot of the time, deflect a lot of the blame onto the board or not having players, blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. Like this yeah. is pretty normal nowadays. Um, so yeah, there's definitely blame to be had for Antonio Conte himself. But at the same time, I mean, he does make at he's, least a the, couple And that's the best part about it. Is he wrong? There, there's is a couple points where you're he's like, not okay, lying. they haven't he's won not anything lying. basically since Daniel Levy came in, like since, since the ownership ever. group's been there. They haven't won they, anything they, since ever. <laughs> Look, man, hey, that's true. Like they don't win anything basically ever. But no, Daniel Levy has been a very public figure who has not won anything. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Um, I just, you know. Just they have they won in the past, right? In the seventies, they won some stuff, and it's been a long time though, right? And it's been a long time coming here, and I, I just like at some point this club's like we we've been having this Tottenham discussion. I mean, it, granted, it's been more neurotic, like we've said this year, but this is a discussion every year of like, oh, they they don't get it done again. Like they had a good route in the FA Cup. Like we should have been talking about them in the FA Cup a minute ago when we were talking about that. They're out of it. They yes. didn't get far and they, they didn't get there in the care about like, like if there's a club that needs to care about cup, it's them. Right. Just to have something kind of to right. at least kind of make people shut up. Like we'll still be like, yeah, we don't really care over here, but like some people, I guess, care about the care about cup, but I, I don't it's, know, man. It's, I like, it's definitely the, we don't care about a cup, so <laughs> but that'll continue. Tottenham is a club, man. Like they've, They've got to do some soul searching here, man, because this group, they, they've kept this nucleus kind of for a while of this team and they keep doing, you know, minor surgery kind of around the edges and trying to get these guys that can come in and win with Kane and son, uh, Loris, like that core that's been there for a while. And they're just not getting it done, man. And look, maybe it's, I I don't know. I'm sure we'll have a whole summer of Harry Kane talk. Like, will he stay? Will he go? Can't wait for that. At least it's not involving my club this time, I imagine. But man, what a mess. What a mess is right. And well, there will be more to say about this because Antonio Conte is determined to get fired. Oh, he will um, definitely have more to say about this. That's for yeah, sure. Man, I'm imagining him not talking. Um, but like, I don't know. My question to you is like, and then we'll we'll move on to the next one. But is this something that got, like when my theory a lot of times is like when managers do the big media display, right? Yep. And this isn't a team, and we've got to get together, and nothing's right here, and part of that's on me. But like, usually that is a ploy. Right. To get everybody together in the same room and be like, look, it's us versus them. We need to come together. Nobody believes in us. Right. All those good coaching things that actually work. Right. How is this a we all need to come together? He'd like it. He'd like this team stripped for parts, starting with his bosses. Right. Like on the worst day of work, we all know the first, you know, don't rule, come in and cuss your cuss your boss out. What are you doing? And I know Conte doesn't care. There'll be another job for him out there somewhere, right? Like somebody's got to coach Sampdoria or whoever gets their manager sniped next, right? But, I mean, hell, Mourinho's got a job, right? If Mourinho can get a job, Conte's been better than Mourinho in the last 10 years. So, I don't know. It's out there. Um, but, you know, you have you have Harry Kane. You have Heunman Song. You have Hugo Lloris. Figure it out, man. 
Like you're starting, oh, the cupboard's bare. The cupboard is not bare. You're making the cupboard bare. That's how I feel, right? Like, I think there's some good players besides it. Like, I think. Oh no, the- I'm just, I'm, I'm literally just picking no, the top. Yeah, no, right. No, no, three no, of I'm the just, best players in the whole I, world at their position. Uh, well, I'm saying, I think when I look at that squad, <laughs> like, yeah, there's some holes there, but this is a team that I think, if I look at them on paper, like, they're I mean, they're as good as you know what they're as good as they, anybody on paper. They're as good as anybody on paper, besides right. maybe like City on paper would be the only team I'm like, yeah, I definitely would yeah. take City's roster over them. And I take like, Arsenal the way they're playing, but anybody else is like, well, on their day, shit, Kane can score too, and Son's fun, and this but even if it, we Chief. like came into the year right, like. We would have come into this season before it started and been like, we will, there's nobody, you couldn't find a single person who would have taken the front three of Arsenal over the front three of Spurs coming great into point. the year, right? Absolutely, and great point. Especially look at, when, look they, at the, when you think about it from the preseason, oh, they add Richarlison. Right. Lucas Moore is going to be the fifth winger. That's mm-hmm. an incredible team. Yeah. God. It's just, I, I don't know. It's been a crazy, crazy season. Team, right? They have all these good players. It's been a crazy season from a crazy club with a crazy manager, man. Uh, I hope they never figure it out because this is fantastic. <laughs> I, not even as like a as a Chelsea fan, like trying to shit on Tottenham. Like this is spectacular theater. This is watching Antonio Antonio Conte not ru- ruin someone else's life is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine for you, it's uh, it's nice to see the shoe on somebody else's foot this time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think uh, reluctantly, speaking of disappointing draws that have sent the uh more rabid fan base rabid side of the fan base into a frenzy everton to chelsea to sean dice masterclass was incoming happy to be right with that prediction um in really a game like chelsea kind of not gave away everton played well um chelsea didn't put them away they were up one nil they were up two nil uh, or they were up two to one, right? And where Chelsea's been good lately is being able to put them away, and they they just weren't able to in this game. Man, Sean Dice has Everton playing really well. Um, I don't know if you have any immediate thoughts on the game, or I can kind of get into the fan base is losing their mind right now, and I don't quite know what about. I can get into that a little bit unless you've got any other game thoughts no. there, because I thought it was a disappointing but not you know impossible fixture. Yeah, um, honestly, no, I don't have a ton on the game itself. This was one that got uh, put in the wash for me this weekend just to highlight one. But, uh, you know, you watched it. Why don't you take people through? What what do you kind of see? Because more of what I have is kind of what you're alluding to of the fans. And such. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll flip-flop with you then. Uh, Jao Felix finally gets his first goal, 52nd minute, right? Went into half, 0-0. Came out in the better, the better team in the second half. Um, Decore beats... Um, Beats Keppa. Keppa did not have a great game for the first time in a couple of months here, really. Um, whatever you wanted to say about Keppa and the goalkeeping situation and everything like that, because that was all the worry earlier in the year, right before like January. Keppa's been very good. This was kind of his worst game in two months, and everybody's going to have a worse game, right? So um, I hate to put that on him. But after Kai's penalty, I really thought they were going to be able to kill the game off, right? And they were the more attacking team and Ellis Sims, man, I got to give, got to give some credit here to, uh, to the youngster who's, who was on loan earlier this year, right? He hasn't even been with Everton all year. Imagine Everton loaning out strikers seems impossible when they <laughs> seems like a bad strategy earlier in the year, but like had the majority of possession, 
had the pass, right? When you look at all the counting stats, Everton were very tough to break down. Um, you know, I, I hate to be like the rational, like, you know, the house isn't on fire, so, but something's burning type of thing. But I don't know. It, this result did not sensationalize me. I fully expected Everton to be playing really well because they have been lately. But yeah, I, I think the only thing I guess I'd say on it is if you are scoring two goals against the Sean Dyche side, you you definitely would like to think that's enough to beat them. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, it, it generally, let's, let's kind of get into the backlash because, you know, people, I, it seemed to me at least, people kind of just going right back to the, oh, Potter's not good enough for this. And I'm like, guys, he just, he like, he just, you know, progressed to the Champions League. You guys had a couple wins in a row. Like, yeah, three-game win streak. You're Chelsea. I, I understand that you're aspiring to more than that. But, mm-hmm. like, it's like I've said a couple of times in here, the, the season's kind of lost, right? It's like champions league or bust. The league's gone, the like top fours, unless you had the craziest one ever gone. Yep. Um, it like, does this game really matter that much? No, like it mattered way more to Everton than it mattered to Chelsea. And I think yep. I just kind of fall into the Potter's showing signs of life. Like I, I, I'm not saying I'm like fully Potter is good enough for this. It's just more of a, you know, I think that he deserves a shot, like time, like let's just let hold up, let him cook, kind of thing. And I'm just still on board with that. This this game did nothing for me to move my needle one way or the other. Of yeah, him being I, good or bad. I completely agree. I think Potter's a good coach. Um, it's kind of sloppy in the second half for Chelsea. Later in the second half, they, it, it's a game you shouldn't lose, right? And they didn't lose, right? But you know, you shouldn't give up the lead late. Um, but I think to me, especially with the English fans and media, right, it's more that like, it's not that you, like if this was a soccer game, right, it's not that you gave up a goal, right, that happens. It's that they let in a bad goal right before halftime, right? Yeah. They're going into the international break and all these people making Chelsea content, right, don't have anything else to talk about for, what, 14 days, however long this yeah. international break is, right? So all you can do is stir up the muck, Right. If this game was flipped with some other result, right, and it was a 3-1 win or, you know, any of the other results we've had lately, they'd be feeling good about it, right? It's they get they they had their clunk their worst game in a month at the wrong time. And yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll there's more to talk about. There are more important results from a team that no matter what they do can't get out of 10th this year. So, yeah, um, I can't wait to watch the TikToks for the next 2 weeks. Doom and gloom. The, it, to me, it's the YouTube because uh, there are a couple people like before I had you to talk to, there was just like people on YouTube I like have followed and like will watch their stuff. It's like, oh, 12 minute video about Chelsea. Sure. What's going on? You would not believe Graham Potter out. There's like I haven't even had the energy to watch him, man. I can't imagine those would be too toxic. <laughs> well, and like you, the the ones I like are usually fine. Right. Because um, I, I, I try not to do any of that toxic stuff. Right. Just. I can be frustrated at the team too. I don't have to get on YouTube and yell about it. I get to be on here and I try to at least be like a reasonable person about it, no matter how frustrated I am. But uh, speaking of frustrated, bottom of the table, Southampton ties, can't get out of their own way. Um, Bournemouth sit at 19th. West Ham, the unkillable David Moyes, sits at the moment here in a relegation spot. 
Patrick Vieira wondering what the hell he's got. <laughs> what the hell did they have to do to not fire David Moyes that he did? Um, but yeah, no, not a bad, always, always kind of a fun look at the bottom of the table here. Brentford and Leicester tied this weekend leads with a huge win over wolves on Saturday. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, the race at the bottom is absolutely on. It's crazy down there, Andrew. Uh, probably the one I just really want to point out really quick is Leeds going on the road to Wolves, like you said, winning that game 4-2. That's massive for them. Yeah, Absolutely. Ma- probably their results of the season. So well done by the boys. We've got a soft spot, soft spot in our heart for our Americans out there. Um, Sir. Get well soon, like Tyler. We love get you, well too. Get well soon, Tyler. Um, like you said, uh, big point for Southampton. Uh but it's just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wish we had more like concrete thoughts we could make on the spot on the table, but it's just like, I don't know. What are we supposed to say, Andrew? It's three points between 12th and 18th right now. Like, I, yep. I, I don't know who to relegate. I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. I like Southampton is in 20th, and if they win a game, they might be up to fucking 14th by the end of the day. So, what I think the biggest takeaway is. Southampton looks like even on their best performances of the year are draws, right? Um, yeah, they I don't need to know mix that they. A couple, three yeah, they they need a big win, right? I feel like their big results have been like, oh, a shocking draw. The other team gets thrown into like you know gets thrown into a blunder, and Southampton's like, we can't do any better. Like, I just don't. Someone get James Ward Prowse out of there. Theo Walcott is really turning back the clock this year, just to give a little shine to some of those guys who are playing well and it's really a pretty hopeless season um philip billing and trying to drag bournemouth out of there um can't quite do it um and then and then it gets into teams where i want to be mad at them west ham what the hell are you doing lester figure it out man like and i'm i'm starting to think yeah that one of these teams that we are just like not really worrying about as much like a crystal palace or a Leicester or West Ham that we're just like, what's going on? Like they're going to figure this out though. Right. Like, or at least right. I've been that attitude about, it. I'm starting right. to think one of I those mean, three is going to go down. That, well, and like I have been on the record about West Ham. Yeah, I have been, been trying to relegate them, them for, for like change the manager, do something different. You have Declan Rice, you have Jared Bowen. Like I, I'm not going to do the same rant I've done 50 times. Either, right. <laughs> But yeah, I think you could do the same right round, uh, rant for Leicester. You have Madison. You have Harvey Barnes. What are you yeah. guys doing? Neither of guys, them should why be there. Guys, why None of those three around? should be the, there. None Respectfully, of those three why are you guys fucking around with this shit at the bottom of the team? You either need yeah. to be sold for 50 mil, right, to bring in new players who will eventually be sold again for 50 mil. That's the Leicester model. Or you need to be West Ham where you <clears throat> like are just solid. And sidebar is anything funnier than West Ham being set up as the villain here in uh, Ted Lasso season three? And they are so bad. And it's, it's my favorite thing. Like every time I see like, uh, I saw like a, yeah, I saw like a, that's the car. If you employ Nate after what he pulled last season, this is karma. Just being like, great. Guess what? Real life. Who hurt you in real life? You want to be great? Fine. You can make yourselves great. Here you go. Here's a check. I'm sure you got a check from Apple TV. 100%. Cash that check and understand it is part of the Dragon's Horde, buddy. 
You have yeah. cursed money on your team. You can't accept any of that. <laughs> that is devil Nate money. the Great going to be fine in the championship. Ted Lasso can get themselves unrelegated. If the Richmond dogs can do this. Certainly you can too, Nate. Um, but no, uh, the unwavering conscious. I mean, the idea that they would even just have a new manager seems to be insane. So really, Ted Lasso, very unrealistic. <laughs> a new manager at West Ham, what would that even look like? David Moyes is going to die in that seat. They're going to bury Impossible. him in the coaching box. And even then, they won't replace him. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think Lester, that kind of rounds up. Grow up, Lester. <laughs> I think that kind of winds up our bottom of the table there. Let's uh, real quickly, let's touch on Europe. Really quick. my, every, my weekly yelling at West Ham. Now it's time yeah. to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm going to cut you off a little early this week. We'll, uh, yeah, let's, I, let's I, we, do it. We, got, <laughs> we, had, we had other like fun soccer to talk about. Um, this was um, this was some of the soccer I caught this weekend, Andrew. There you was go. Outside was the was classical. it streaming on Spotify or did you have to watch it on television? I could watch it on television, streaming on ESPN we, Plus. We we joke about that. If like you could just listen to a random like Barcelona game live on Spotify, I'd be all about that. It'd be great. Um, yeah, but be either great. way, distracting from the point here. Spotify's own win the Classico two one. Um, Putting Barcelona, aka Spotify, twelve points clear. Um, do we think this is just done and dusted here in La Liga? Yeah, I, I think it's done, Andrew. I mean, this was if you watch the game too, like right at the end, it was tied one one, and Real Madrid really, really, really went for it, trying to get a goal, and they came quite close. Uh, they scored one with Asensio that was ruled off because he was a toenail offside or it was a shoulder actually, <laughs> but just barely offside. Um, and they were really selling out, had a couple of really good chances near the end. And yeah, once uh Barcelona kind of caught him on the counter attack, put one away, it was really open. I shouldn't say against the pace of play. It was just a very open game at that point um, because Real Madrid had sold out because they kind of knew that that was a swing of um, what have we been nine points coming into that game. And uh you know, just keeping it at nine was not ideal for them in their chances of how Barcelona's looked in the league. And they were really trying to get that three points, bring it down to a six point gap and uh six point swing with them going back to 12. I think it's done and dusted. Congrats, Barcelona on La Liga championship. Uh, I think we can, at some point later this year, we're going to have a discussion of, is that enough to justify kind of the spending and selling of their souls they did in the previous off season? Um, <laughs> did you have any thoughts? Cause I had one more other thing kind of about the sell your soul type of thing, but do you have any thoughts on the game itself? Um, not really on the game itself. I think you brought up a great point. Like it's uh, Kessie, right? I think who gets the, the winning goal mm-hmm. there for, for Barcelona. Um, I think it's very easy to look at, stuff like that and be like if you don't know what's going on right like oh that's kind of smart spending and they got those chelsea defenders on a free and like frank kessie couldn't have been that expensive and they've got all this home growth like it's easy from a um i don't know what's going on with them to be like the future is very bright here but like um i don't know was the thing you wanted to get into the gavi thing yeah it's uh what i wanted to get to because okay because even like you start to look at the Gavi thing, right? Which Spencer's going to tell us about here in a second. And it's like this thin veneer of everything is okay. They win the league, celebrate, jump around with a trophy is just hanging by a thread. man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like this is this Gavi thing I'm about to get to. It's like a result of 
all the spending and all the selling of souls they did in the summer, like I just uh, referenced. Well, it was but, the uh, buying of souls. The selling of souls would have been fine. <laughs> uh, but, okay, um, go ahead, man. Yeah, apparently uh, Bleacher Report football has reported that the appeal by Barcelona to register Gavi's contract was rejected in court, meaning he has to revert back to a youth contract, so like a youth team set up, um, and he loses his number six number, and it also uh, opens up a clause <laughs> in his contract that means he could leave on a free in the summertime, which right. would just be astronomically bad for Barcelona if they yes. lost this... Like what? I mean, if uh, Jude Bellingham's being rumored for like 150 million, then Gabby's right. got to be worth what 130 at least, probably. Oh, for sure. And thankfully, it'll be on a free transfer, so he won't see any of that. Um, one, my favorite thing is how serious uh, his number is taken. That he gets his number stripped from him, and like in American sports, like you know, the number is not that important. Sometimes you'll hear about like teammates fighting over numbers and stuff like that, or paying one another off, but like. The idea that part of this legal thing is like, and that squad number, forget about it. Forget about it, Barcelona. Part of the real punishment, he can't wear the number. What is it, six, right? He wears six for them? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, just one very funny to me. Um, <laughs> you said that, and I started laughing. And two, I'm, I don't, like, as much as I would love to say, like, this opens up the bidding on Gavi, he's not leaving, right? They'll figure something out. Barcelona will. Oh, you don't you think Barcelona's gonna play by the rules and just have to give him up? No, man. They did that with Messi. They already learned their lesson. It is better to just no, keep breaking <laughs> No, well, okay, no, no, no. I'm let me let me finish. So they didn't learn their lesson, but the lesson they learned from Messi, I think, is just keep breaking the rules, right? Because they tried to act they with Messi, right? They tried to acquiesce, right? When they were no other options. They're like, okay, we'll give him away. And guess what? It was a disaster. Right. I don't think they're going to let that go with a arguably more valuable asset. Um, I also think it's probably going to be one of these things where Gavi loves the club and like you're not hearing anything from Gavi's side. Right. Like other times there's been registration issues like talk about like the Frankie Frankie Dijon. Right. They wanted him to like renegotiate his contract. Guess what? Frankie had an issue with that and was fine with links to every club all summer. Right. He didn't really want to do any of that. But like I think Gavi is still just going to keep playing with them. I don't think this changes anything on their side, but it is absolutely egg on their face. You can't uh, even move. You can't even promote a player. You already pay. Holy cow, man. Where I would argue this is that if it's reverting to a youth contract, that's going to be, uh, I would imagine a substantial pay cut for Gavi. Sure. And if it's a free transfer out and Barcelona can't get a, a pay raise, registered for him then yeah he can love barcelona as much as he wants but at some point i uh i'm cold enough to believe that money talks to any of these players and if a todd bully or something comes in with uh three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a week mr gabby then i i think he's packing his bags and he's going away from camp new so i think it is a very serious issue potentially for barcelona yeah I, i i'm absolutely warming up to the idea now that you said todd bully um i just think there's this I think I think it's really just something the only thing Barcelona has anymore that is more special than other clubs, right? Because it used to be the players and the mystique and all this stuff, is that Spotify. Well, sure. Uh yeah, other clubs don't have that. I can't imagine why. Um because <laughs> it seems like an insane deal. Um 
but I I think the thing that Barcelona still has is levers. this. They're unlimited levers. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. No, 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 no. You're fine. <laughs> uh, I'm always here for our standard Barcelona jokes. I feel like me and you came up with all of them, so I'm always happy to hear them back. Um, but they still just have this pull, right, for the players of it being such an important thing, right, that it, you know, players are willing to go there on a free. They're willing to run down their contract to go there. Those things don't change, right? Gavi grew up at La Masia, right, at the academy with them, watching the literal greatest teams we've seen over the past 20 years, right? He was undeniably hanging out in the same building as Neymar, Messi, um, you know, and Pedro and those guys. I'm blanking on the third guy of that front three there. Um, I had to put Pedro in because that's all my Chelsea brain could think of. But shout out Pedro, man. Guy had a real good run at Barcelona. Um, I believe you were thinking of Luis Suarez. Thank you. Right. But like, that's what he's Notorious like. Notorious ear Exactly. Yeah, that's why I got the earphones in. I couldn't think of it. Um, but he... Uh, he grew up with that, right? So if there is a guy who could, you know, be the, like, because there's pressure on people right now to kind of be the saviors of Barcelona, right? To save this great club from the mismanagement and everything else, right? Be the bigger person. I don't know, man. Um, and then my next immediate worry is free is, a, is like the price that Liverpool is willing to pay for a, I can see them missing out on Bellingham being like, oh, great. Here comes Gavi, bring him in get them under Klopp and now we're not worried about the midfield of Liverpool anymore. So um, that's my next immediate thought of uh, that or Pep being like, Hey, you know who, you know, who coached some of those teams and probably knows you pretty well, Gabby is Pep. Um, So I don't see Chelsea getting him, unfortunately. So does absolutely put a shadow over this whole thing. Uh, (laughs) Personally for me. Yeah. Just kind of quickly to put a bow on this. I I just think, Kind of like I said, these are, it's important now, right? I I think these are the type of things that later this year, we're going to have to have real discussions after we see kind of how this plays out financially for Barcelona, because I was led to believe this was a big Champions League. Like we needed a big, they needed a big Champions League run for a lot of economic uh, levers flying open. They just, they sold, I mean, they, they literally just sold so much of their, literal like sold the club basically to these entities and took out loans and all this shit and banked on they were going to be able to outperform that debt on the field did they do it i don't think that winning the league is maybe enough but this is kind of like i said we're gonna this is gonna play out it's gonna be fantastically interesting to watch play out as the offseason goes along oh for sure um yeah no I, i unless you got anything else on that i think we uh Let's cover Germany. Let's get that UCL draw and let's uh, start heading towards the exit here, bud. Yeah, let's um, do it, pal. Go ahead. Uh, Germany is very interesting, Andrew. Bayern might not win the title. What? I, what? I, look, call <laughs> me a very silly man. Silly they always man, win sure. the title. <laughs> a very silly boy. But uh, I, I was very much kind of holding on to the like when Dortmund were making some noise like yeah but it's Bayern Bayern's gonna figure it right. out right like yeah. they had I their struggle I think that's how we both year. feel about that 
Yeah. Right. I think, I think most people feel that way. They'll honestly. figure it and out. Something. Will happen. We'll remember earlier in the year, like Byron had their big struggle, like not relative. They had their big struggles. They were actually like back by like six or seven points. I think at one point to like union. And then, uh, we like joked, I, I think right when we started the podcast, it was like that. And it was like, Whoa, like what's going on. And it was like three weeks later, it was like, Oh, they're up by six points again. What the fuck? It's just <laughs> business as usual. Uh, that said, there are 25 games now, and they are officially not in the top spot. They lost over the weekend to Leverkusen in a crazy game, Andrew. Um, I was watching back the highlights of this one, and uh, bought, uh, Leverkusen scored both their goals off penalties. Both of them... <laughs> oh, I can't... Who was the player? Both of them were um, initially called dives on the field, and... <laughs> The player that was uh, accused of the dives was uh, given a yellow card both times. And each time the ref had to go to the monitor and realize that it was actually a penalty and award the penalty and rescind the yellow card. So he got two yellow cards and both yellow cards were rescinded. (laughs) And Bayer Leverkusen got two goals to beat Munich two to one on the day. Uh, A couple of days or the day prior, uh, Dortmund had throttled Cologne 6-1. So, yeah, Dortmund on 53, Munich on 52, and wow. uh, this is tasty, man. This is actually tasty now. I think we can maybe start to believe a little bit that this reign of terror may be over. <laughs> over for now, and then I'm worried it'll just uh, make them buy their competitors' players even harder this summer. It'll just be a more uh, a more thorough thrashing of of Dortmund and getting all their players sold to them and Leverkusen and such. But um, no, but speaking of uh, Bayern, buddy, a team you're going to be seeing a lot of here in the coming months as we talk about the upcoming UCL draw. Um, Spencer has been graced with the opportunity to sort his exercise, his demons against, uh, against Bayern Munich here. The team he has just said is in shambles and has no chance of competing um that won't come around to bite him at all meanwhile i am very afraid of real madrid who chelsea have drawn and then we both are on the same side of the draw there too so a potential disappointment derby here of what could have been is kind of actually what i might be predicting but um and then on the other side it's uh an italian derby which is going to maybe set up to be one of the most boring semifinals of all time and basically basically the question of the other side of the bracket is is napoli really gonna do this like are we uh, really gonna see this from napoli they've got a really nice path to potentially getting to the final it seemed like uefa was just like yeah we need an italian team in the final like it's been a while right <laughs> yeah yeah it's like but, Juve. Uh, it's like man ronaldo was on juve the last time they were in Let's get one. Let's get one. Let's just make sure it'll be kind of fun, right? But uh, maybe that's a bit harsh to Benfica. They've been really good, but this uh, might be they a have. step too far. We'll we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, uh, I think that you know I, I'd have liked a little bit better of a draw than Bayern. I consider them, <laughs> and I, I did tell you that I preferred that to Real Madrid just because the ghost of last year. So uh, a sure. chance for you guys to go exercise some demons uh, potentially. Which oh yeah, you know, always terrifying, but you know, potentially super rewarding. Like that would maybe that would be the thing that would get 
Chelsea supporters on side with Graham Potter if he went and beat Real Madrid across that tie. Well, they, I mean, he's been, he's been good in the, in the Champions League and they've, I mean, I can't sit here and pretend I'm excited about that draw either, but from the realistic perspective of it, a quarterfinals versus a semifinals versus a finals exit doesn't mean anything different to Chelsea this year. You have to win it or you will not be in the tournament next year. Um, it sucks that someone else doesn't have to play Real Madrid, but I kind of feel like, yeah, of course, right? Like this is the year we're having. Of course, this is the year we're grabbing Real Madrid. Um, we've done it before, right? We've overcame Real Madrid in the past. We have our own extra demons uh, to exercise here after um, after last year, right? In kind of a crazy one of the crazier second legs I can remember. Um, but until I, I don't know. I, I don't feel any worse about it if it would have been Bayern or if it would have been Madrid at least with Madrid they kind of like to play with their food I feel like Bayern will sometimes just be like yep four nothing that's it no life in this game we're killing this thing off um I do think they're kind of a better matchup for you um whereas I think they look at City and they're like okay how can we shut this down whereas Real Madrid is like we can want to get nuts let's get nuts let's do wild stuff pep you're going to have to tinker in your squad and figure it all out whereas Bayern's just going to put the pieces in front of you be like yep figure out this Goretzka uh Kimmich six pivot you're going to have to get around right like attack in different ways and Sadio Mane has never really hurt you guys before right that's never been a problem <laughs> i think actually much, like yeah I don't mean to say this because this could do- totally come back to bite me, right? So, like, right. do not Counting take this it. as a fact or anything. This is not me saying anything positive about it. Just that City tend to struggle against these teams that are chaotic, right? Like, Liverpool, like, gives City That's problems. Yeah. Real Madrid gives City problems. Um, even in years past when they've lost to, like, lesser teams, like, that Monaco team was just kind of chaotic and fun when they lost mm-hmm. uh, that Leal or Leon team that they lost to was uh, pretty chaotic, just running up and down the pitch. So City tend to struggle worse against the teams that are more, you know, free flowing and rock and rolly. Whereas the teams like a, like a Bayern or something that are more similar to their model of like very machine, like dominant, like more like mass produced class of football type of thing. Uh, talent for talent, Sane, they would. Sane and Cancelo wonder goal incoming. Or oh, actually, good point. Can Cancelo play against you guys? I guess he probably can't, right? I do not know the. An interesting to that thing question. we will we will figure out before next podcast is is Cancelo legally allowed to play? Because I guess you guys are technically the parent club, right? Yeah, even if well, it's a contentious are. parent club, so maybe not. But I, I don't know. They're already trying to kick him out, apparently, too. So who fucking knows? But he might not get on the field, even if he's allowed to. It's okay. He's just hanging out with Sane. I think Pep uh, would he's maybe... hanging out with Leroy Sané, just not plotting anything bad against Pep and the who those who he's wronged in the past, right? I think Pep would just go full petty mode and just absolutely put the crate like he would be up until four a.m. putting up game plans of like how to make Cancelo's day just absolutely horrific during that fixture. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a it's a great matchup. Like for a neutral, like what a matchup! I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think your guys could be a lot of fun because you guys are playing pretty open (sighs) football right now, and Real Madrid are crazy. Uh, The uh, (laughs) Napoli's a lot of fun, so we'll see what they can do to Milan. But the Italian teams have been a little more. What's a nice way of putting this? A little more. 
stern what's, what's in a, this competition what's a meaner, what's a meaner way ones? to put it spencer what's a what's a less nice way what's the first ne- word we thought of negative there it is there it is um and then benfica think, can we see the benfica run keep going speaking of keeping a run going usmnt coming off a what's the word successful world cup and unsuccessful post world cup uh has some games coming up here as we head into the international break. Um, we got games against Grenada is Friday and El Salvador. I want to say is Monday. I want to say, um, I know El Salvador is the second game and I know Grenada is Friday here. Um, but we've got for the first time in a while, USMNT news that does not have to do with anybody's father. So that's kind of (laughs) exciting. Um, not yet, at least not yet. I'm sure they'll make their presence known, but, um, to answer everybody's questions, yes, Gio Reyna is in the is in the the team. Uh, his teammates have not voted him out yet. It is early. Could still get voted out, survivor style, I guess. We'll see if Anthony Hodgson can do his best Jeff Prost just Jeff Probst impersonation and uh, keep Reyna on the island here. Um, but overall, a kind of a fun group, man. Like, I know these games aren't super meaningful, but. A fun group that they called in nonetheless. Yeah, as far as like the competition, not super high competition or anything, but uh, it is a competition that's at least, you know, something like the Nations League is something, at least as you get closer to the end of it. And the squad is a, you know, real, a as close as you're going to get to an A squad. It's a first choice squad right now. With injuries and stuff considered. Mm -hmm. Um, Anybody fun you kind of want to talk about on the roster that you saw? I had a couple (laughs) guys that kind of caught my eye that I was like, ooh, I'm I'm happy to see them um, with the big team. uh, Just a dangerous sentence in general, but um, I'm kind of excited to see the striker options, right? They really only called in two real strikers. They brought in uh, Daryl DK and Ricardo Pepe, um, who are, I'm sure, anxious to make their claims that they should be the nine going forward into a pretty busy summer here. Um, Pulisic gets the call in. Tyler Adams is kind of the notable um, the notable miss, I would say, because um, he's injured, right? He's staying with Leeds. Um, but Tim Weah got pulled also. Yes, thank you. I, I, knew I, was, I knew I was missing one. Um, get better was soon, Was initially Tim on there. Yeah, yeah we, we need depth at left back now is just so worrying. Um, just kidding here guys. But um, like it really, it's a, it's a first, it's a first choice. It's a first choice 11 and a second choice 11, right? And that's, that's not an A, it's not a mixed group, right? It's pretty much, we're putting our best foot forward here, which is what I'm excited to see. Yeah. I, uh, I think, yeah, I'm excited to see a lot of the guys you just named a um, couple other guys that caught my eye. Uh, Mark McKenzie's been pretty good at Gink on the yeah. back end, so maybe I'd like yep. to see a bit of him. Uh, Austin Trusty's been really good for Birmingham City in the championship. Excited for that one. Um, Alan Sonora and Alex Zendejas uh, saw them both in the January, January camp. camp, but that I would was, say they're know, probably the two standouts of the January camp. Right, Sorry, not yeah. to cut in, but you bring up a great point with that. It's like reward the January camp guys and Dejas, right. Well, and we said also like during the January camp, it was like a C or D roster. So it's good to see them with like the big boys because I think they are of that level. They're both good players. And well, and, uh, and now is when you find so, out, right? It's like, yeah. oh, you were the star of January camp. Guess what? Here's the deep end, bud. Keep mm-hmm. swimming. 
This is how this is how Christian Roldan ended up on this roster for years. If you can just kind of figure it out with this, right? Just be okay, and you'll be here forever. But uh, be well liked. Have a nice story. We like to shoot eight little eight minute little videos about you, Christian Roldan. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the last guy I was kind of interested in. He was the guy that was called in for Tim Way after uh, he suffered an injury over the weekend. Was Georgi Mihailovic, who's uh, doing. Yeah pretty decent over in the Dutch league. So kind of excited to see him with the big boys, but yeah, I'm just excited to see a, you know, big roster play without a actual, you know, not caretaker manager, but let's see what it looks like. Even if the competition's not great, I I'm, I'm excited to see the boys for a couple nothing games. games. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I I think what I'd like to see is Grenada be the experimental group and El Salvador, because they're the bigger team, right. That we actually kind of have to, play against right um be more the first choice 11 i kind of want to see in this grenada game just to preview it a little bit um guys we don't know as much right like this is where i want to see like taylor booth and daryl dk right yeah booth we didn't say anything about Booth. no well that's your guy i thought i I thought that's where i was dribbling you right into but yeah taylor booth um if he can like kind of show like hey the next generation of guys is right here, right? And kind of keep the momentum of this like attacking group. And also, I just want to know what to make of Taylor Booth, right? When you're playing in, like he plays for what, Utrecht, I think, right? Off the top mm-hmm. of my head. I don't know what to make of you, right? Um, seems like a good player, promising youth player, right? All these things that look great. But until I kind of see you with this group, right? I don't know what to make of you. It's kind of how I thought about Musa before Musa showed up. And now, I mean, my love for Musa is not a secret. I will tell anybody I love him um, and that he is so, so good, man. Um, but I, I, I think another thing to watch is just like, how does this team line up without Adams? Because Adams has been the constant, right? Player of the yeah. year for uh, the U.S. men's national team. Captain at the World Cup for most of those games. Um, and just like, okay. Who's going to step up? Who's going to step up and be that guy? So Yeah, this is uh, a really good chance for somebody in the midfield to kind of put their, like whether it's uh, one of those newer guys or like a Luca De La Torre to really throw their yeah. name in the ring of like, hey, one of the big dogs is out. Like, I'm, I got next. Like, basically, to really plant their flag in the I got next argument. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. I'm really excited to see if somebody can kind of do that yeah uh so another side note quick about this as we transition is not a lot of mls players called into this camp there's kind of the understanding they'll be missing games playing in the summer when the u.s is kind of like double booked right they'll call in some major league soccer guys so they left most of those guys at home here but spencer how is the mls going in our mls minute here MLS minute is that St. Louis City SC is still undefeated. Still undefeated. Still haven't lost a game. Undisputed. Heavyweight champions of Apple TV. St. Louis City FC. (laughs) Just buzzing in MLS so far, Andrew. The boys look amazing. And even maybe more importantly... Looks fun, man. It is. It does look fun. Not I gotta that you get can down watch to it on Apple TV. Soon. That 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 free preview has expired. 
It does look fun. The food down there looks amazing. That's maybe more important that uh, the account footy screen, if you're familiar with it, that does the food from around stadiums, like around the world. Mm -hmm. They did a head to head vote over St. Louis and sporting Kansas city's food and St. Louis won in a landslide. So just buzzing across the league, man. And playing them off the pitch from losing out to what's more impactful for Kansas city. Do you think this year in the MLS, not getting Ronaldo or not winning the food poll. hundred percent. Both of those things are, you know, honestly dreams, far-fetched dreams. of hundred percent. I think for Kansas city, like I, I look Patrick, Mahomes I'm not is pissed. As I a got owner of them. <laughs> if there's anybody from Kansas city listening, this is going to just be like total beef. They might just turn it off and just run their car into a ditch. But like, I think for Please Kansas don't. city, it's really, it's really tough because like Kansas city barbecue, fantastic. Right. It's, it's, it's gotten this lore. Right. And I don't even care. You can call me biased. St. Louis barbecue. It's better, dude. It's better. It's just, it's a little more undercover, a little more of a hipster pick, but it's better, dude. Like it's, they're both good, both great. Like bad barbecue is still always good. And that's, that was not the right way to say that. It's not bad barbecue. It's quite good barbecue in Kansas city, but St. Louis just a different level, man. Those St. Louis style ribs can't beat them. <laughs> can't beat them. I guess that is your MLS minute. Um, looking ahead to this week, as we said, we have no premier league. It is international break. We've got a sweet Grenada game on Friday, um, which I know I'm joking about, but I actually am looking forward to. Um, And then the El Salvador game, I did not look up as I meant to, but that is usually about two and a half days afterwards. So I'm going to call that probably a Monday game, Monday game here, but kind of a kind of a quiet week. Time to enjoy your basketball. Um, Good weekend to like wake up and look at your phone and be like, oh, like. France and Poland are playing a qualifier right, right. now. This, yes. this, I'll turn this on. Like, yeah, like right. I, I enjoy you, international you, you, qualifiers. I, I, I do too, but it's not a, to me, like the pressure's off. It's like, oh, yeah, great. I got to watch all these games. Like, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. You know, like all that kind of stuff on a normal weekend. And now it's just like, hey, you had a, you had a big weekend last week. Just, just, just kind of hang out, man. Regroup a little bit. Just relax. I know I did see because I keep them in my favorites that Sweden plays somebody, but uh, that's like the type of thing that I like look the night before and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is tomorrow. I guess I'll watch still, that. Still cause... soccer on. We don't worry. We'll be back with more thoughts next week. Um, and before we get out of here, Spencer, it is your week for the post game pint here. Yes, it is, Andrew. And I uh, was thinking, right? I, I was at work today, right? Kind of grinding along at work today. Tough day, like, you know, ready to quit your job type of day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar yep. with the type. And I was just, sometimes what I like to do is when I get kind of down like that at work, I like to think about like funny work stories. So I was just intrigued for you to go on. We could both go back and forth about a couple funny like work stories. This could be like funny jobs you held at some point or funny <laughs> ways you quit a job or funny interactions at work, whichever way you want to take it. I've got a couple off the top of my head. I could start if you want me to, or if you got one, by all means, take it away, friend. Yeah. Um, the one I think of, um, the most here, and I, I don't think you even know this. So, um, in high school, I worked at I worked at the YMCA doing like childcare stuff, right? So like summer camp and that kind of fun, that kind of stuff. It was great. Um, one one year they cut my hours, right? So I was getting 
30 hours a week, right? Part-time summer stuff. I was in high school, maybe college at this point. Um, but you know, kind of normal stuff. Anyways, uh, I am volunteered, um, by my, my father here that I need another job, right? Got too much time on your hands. You should be making money. And I agree with him now at the time I was a little bit more biased towards free time in the summer as sometimes, uh, kids are want to do. Either way, I was, I found a job at a local campground that was two miles from my house and we did not know existed, um, oh boy. which is not a great start that there was a campground two miles from my house and we didn't know it was there. Um, on my first day there, um, and in my, well, let me put it this way. So when you think of a campground, you may be thinking of like, oh, a, a family wants to camp overnight and go to the woods and go play by the river and that kind of thing. Right. No, this is mostly a place for living. Um, and it was a horrible time. Like it a trailer was, park. It was yes. Kind of like that. Um, you With could tents. go and camp there overnight, but by the end of the, by like two weeks into the summer, I was basically just in the office by myself, like for hours at a time. So um, it is where I fell in love with podcasts and audiobooks because I had to down. There's no reception, so I had to download all this stuff beforehand. Um, so a little bit of a positive thing, but like, um, it, there was no one to call for any questions, right? So like, hey, the cash register isn't working. What do you want me to do? There's no support for that. It just you just had just you just had to figure it out, kind of. And it you was just had just to like, listen to Joe Rogan podcast until you had a. Oh, cash yeah, this is also yeah, 2013. <laughs> so the podcast choices were not as uh, as wide as we as we not are as now. Robust. Yeah, it was it was a tough. You could run out. You could be like, I have listened to all my podcasts this week, um, including things like I was the only person working there, right? Who was actually getting paid as opposed to paying off a portion of rent. It was that kind of situation. It was a horrible bad time. Um, there was at one point some... It sounds like it was just like skid row, except It was super bad. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was absolutely like the worst work experience I've ever had. Um, uh, I've, I've got, you know, funny days and bad times like... Uh, before I work where I work now, right? I spent a lot of time like working with kids and I was a manager for the basketball team. So I've got stories about that stuff kind of too, which come up occasionally. But like the stuff I dealt with in that like three months that I worked there was just horrible. It was all like the worst types of people arguing with me about $13 rental tickets that they had like, you know, to like sleep on the ground at night. They're like, there's no campsites. And it's like, yep. It's just open land and some trailers over there and super don't go over there. Like, <laughs> um, it was really bad. Um, but like one of the soccer things is it was the women's world cup that summer. Mm -hmm. Um, or no, it was the men's world cup that summer. Um, mm -hmm. cause it was like minister of defense, Tim Ream time. So to bring it all back together for a little, uh, fish and fries look, I had requested off the day of the USA Portugal game, right? And I requested it off with like my boss who like it's like I'm really not going to be here Thursday or whatever day it was like I normally worked like I'm not coming in. I told you I wasn't. And halfway through the game, she called me um and didn't ask where I was or what was going on or why wasn't I there like normal like you didn't write down my days off type of stuff, right? 
asked me to bring her something from the store that I was the quote unquote store I was looking at the little supply office. So not only did she not remember that I wasn't there, nobody was working at the store, but she called me to bring her like ice from the from like the place. And I was like, no, I'm not working. She's like, well, then who's at the store? I'm like, we've had this conversation like 17 times, man. Like, I'm not there. But that that's the story that jumps to mind. It's just the worst summer ever working over there. It was it was a yeah, bad sounds time. Sounds like a tough deal. Uh, sounds like uh, not the most fun. Um, I got a couple. It was, it was literally I, bad. Oh, hold on. This actually wraps it up here. Yeah. There was something where like I was named as like someone who was like a witness to something. Right. Oh, that, like a like a criminal thing that happened at the campground. Right. So, you know, this is months later. I'm back at school. Right. Cop pulls up to my parents house. My dad works from home. So rings the doorbell and there's just a cop <laughs> at, my, at my parents door. And uh, he was, you know, like, of course, like any parent. Right. Like worried first and then just like, holy cow. The cop just looked right at him and goes. You know, you, you guys seem like nice people here. Why? Why is your? Why are you making your son work? Why are you letting your son work there? That's a bad time. Like we have so many problems down there, and it was an absolute just like hands up victory, godsend like, moment. I was, well, it's like, just like I, I mean, I already knew I wasn't going back the next summer. I was like, I'll do anything. Um, but it was just like a nice like I wasn't exaggerating with how bad it was. Yeah, just, just like a nice like, <laughs> hey, he probably shouldn't be hanging out there anymore. By the way, you should get him checked for chlamydia because it's just rampant over there. <laughs> that would have been the least of their problems. <laughs> oh, but go ahead. Look. Um, I had a couple off the top of my head, but let's go with uh summertime since we're talking about summer jobs, right? I had a similar one to you. I believe this was I was in college. This is my first summer out of high school. Mm-hmm. And um my parents they worked for a couple years before they had worked at this church uh, that my grandparents went to. My parents used to run a restaurant for a little context when I was younger. Okay. So this church runs uh, as they do in at least my part of the country. They run their fish fries on Friday during lunch, you know, right? Oh, yeah. This one did shout more. Out uh, yeah. Shout out Midwest. This one would do a fish fry all the way through the summer. So it started up around... This time, whatever it was, we had an episode a couple of weeks ago we were talking about it's the first Fish Fry Friday. So early March, they would start running it and it ran all the way through basically when school went back. So like or middle August, early September. Um, so my parents ran this for about two years. And I guess this was a time earlier, like money a little tighter and stuff. And I guess they decided after a couple of years, like things were fine. They didn't really want to do it anymore, but they didn't have the heart to tell the church that they didn't want to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And so one day, like it started with my dad taking me there and being like, Hey, whatever. I can't remember the guy. I think it was like 200 bucks they paid for you to basically set up the tables, like make sure that nothing crazy happened, get the fryers going, all that bullshit, restock plates. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, very easy job. I think they paid like $200 and my dad's like, you know, if you come, I'll, I'll split it with you this week. And then it was like, that happened for a few weeks. And after a while I was like, Hey, I can't make it tonight. You need to run this fish fry since you know how to do it. <laughs> and then I was, I was stuck running this fish fry basically. So oh. this is, this is probably in, 
uh, mid-April or something that this transition, this forced transition happened to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I believe I'm still 18. I don't even think I've turned 19 yet. So I'm like 18 year old kid. I'd worked at restaurants before. I, I'd been a shift lead even at restaurants. So like, I know what I'm doing, but this, this job was super easy. Right. And it's dealing with old people and Oh man, it's just, it was the shittiest time, dude. Like I <laughs> like, so I'm very big, like my background now, it makes more sense, but I'm big on like organization and streamlining things. And, uh, if you've ever talked to old people, they're usually not into these type of things. So when you like say, Hey, time. if we <laughs> they got time, they're not worried about it. You're like, Hey, if we, um, moved this line to like this area then the line wouldn't wrap you know around all the tables in the dining room it's like well that line's been that way since 1964 and i'm like okay well this is just dumb or you you move a fryer or you switch a sauce and you put the, you put a ketchup in a different bottle and they're right they're all freaking out like it's yeah. just a bunch of ordeals so after like a few weeks of trying to do that and getting tired of getting bitched out by people that were like 60 years older than me it just became more of a like okay fine you guys do it your way and I would set the things up, basically be like, okay, you guys are all good. It's up and running. Cool. And they had uh, basketball hoops out in like the uh, back area. <laughs> I just go out and just <laughs> shoot free throws for like two hours while the fish fry was on. And like once in, once in a while, some old lady would come out and waddle out to me like angrily and be like, there's uh there's no mustard left or we're running out of this or that and i'm like okay i'd run back in get that go right outside to play hoops again and that's that's how it went and i just collected my 200 dollars every friday night and uh let's just say they did not invite me back the next year which was not any water (laughs) off my well i had like super crazy because this is like before I you like knew how to quit a job or something and you're like all anxious about it and stuff. Kind of like how you're saying in yours where you're like, this job sucks. But like, I, I like, well, I right. guess yours had more to do with your parents and stuff too. And mine had stuff to do with my parents. Yeah. You're, yeah. I was going to say it's not too dissimilar. Yeah. Cause my parents didn't want to like quit it. They didn't want to like tell them they were going to quit. And so they just forced on me. So I had like all this anxiety, like around January, February of the next year of like, Oh, oh my no. God, I'm going to have to do this. It's soon. coming up like, again. Fuck. Jesus oh, Christ, this is I really terrible. Don't wanna. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like am such a bad procrastinator. I never like called to ask them or anything. I just ran it down and ran it down and ran it down until like two weeks before. And then my mom told me she's like, "Hey, I just got off the phone with uh, what I don't know, whatever the lady from the church's name is." Uh, and she's like, "They think they're gonna they they got somebody else to run the fish fries this year." I was like, "Thank God, I do not like." <laughs> This is like when you're 19. So like the $200 was nice, right? But it was like, I would just rather have my Friday evenings and figure it out from there because right, I yeah. am completely out on this. Uh, but yeah, that was the story of how I got paid $200 a week to put tables up, put them down and play basketball for two hours, basically. I, I can 100% relate to that because when I, I told you I was working at the YMCA doing like childcare stuff, right? which I was wanting to go to school to be a teacher and stuff like that at the time too. So I was like, Oh, perfect. Right. Um, my free throws have never been better. Right. The fact that there was just scheduled time in the gym every day. So awesome. Just get some shots up. Um, but the, um, I'll give you, give you two options here. You can pick whichever one you want. Do you want the story of the time I fell in the lake or do you want the story of the time I had to fight uh, to get a bathroom door open? Ooh. 
And I think then we'll we'll kind of walk off on that here. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go fall on the lake. Sure. So we have a field trip. I am leading uh, the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. The we get you know you get like there are a bunch of us counselors, right? But you get a group of like four or five kids that you have to group. My whole thing always, anytime like we did field trips every Wednesday this summer in particular, was after the first field trip we went on where I had like two really good kids and like three kids that like didn't want to do anything. We went to like the field museum in Chicago, which is like an awesome museum. Right. And we had the run of the place for like five hours. And like, seriously, they just wanted to like sit in the food court. And I'm like, you can't buy anything. Right. You don't have your own money. You can't buy anything. And they just wanted to like sit. And I'm like, there's so much like, you know, history is not your thing or whatever. It's a museum. Go look at dinosaur bones. Like, what are you doing? Like, go walk around, even just go walk around in random places, right? Like, we can go do all this. But because they wouldn't go do anything, I had to sit there. So my new game became um, the trading um, of favors and things like that to get a randomly assigned group that was all full of, like, kids that wanted to go do stuff. Somebody, Some right? kids with some ambition? <laughs> even just like a, hey, we're going on, like, we're going on this hike, there's a waterfall. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Right. We'll go and do it. Not like, oh, I don't want to go. How far? Like I was just trying to make my Wednesdays easier. Right. So by like the third or fourth field trip, right. Let's call it like middle of June. I had kind of uh, finagled my way to get like three of the best kids. Right. One straggler. Right. And I had finally kind of traded that straggler out for somebody else. Mm hmm. So I had like the best group headed into this thing, right? And we were at mm. um oh, I'm gonna forget the name of it. Um not Silver Springs. Um basically <clears throat> we're at the uh basically we're at this big like forest preserve, right? So there's trails and stuff like that and these canyons you can go into. Um I'm blanking on the name of it, but like you can go into this place called French Canyon, right? And there's a little river that like it's a big it's a little waterfall, right? And then it's really incredibly smooth rock, right? And it's a little hike to get there. So I take my group, and we are literally the first ones out. We are booking it. We are going to go see this French Canyon. We're going to go hang out in there, play in there. It's going to be the best, right? We're going to beat all the other groups there, too. I got fourth, fifth, and sixth grade boys. You make it into a game. It's not that hard. We're going to beat there first. If we beat them first, I got, you know, I had, like, little lemonade packets for their water bottles. Everybody gets a mm -hmm. lemonade packet for their water bottles. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. If we don't get it though, sixth grade, nothing. You do some, you do some fucked up shit for a crystal light packet in sixth. Well, grade. and and even then, it was just like not hard to convince them. It was a fun thing to go do. Even if you hated crystal light, you're like, well, I do want to see the canyon with the waterfall. Like, why wouldn't I go do that? And you can kind of go in there. So <clears throat> there's this waterfall, and then there's a pool and very like smooth rock, and then like another waterfall. The first one you can play in; it's all contained, right? The second one like falls down. To where there's like, like, it's like a 10 foot thing. And then it's like actual like muddy water and not 10 feet. I'm exaggerating, like five or six feet down. But that, like it's not accessible, right? You have mm -hmm. to go along the edge to get in. So because I see I had excited them too much and they were playing the canyon, I'm literally standing on very, very smooth rock, like as a personal blockade, if one of them were to like fall, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I'll catch you. It's my idea. They're playing on it. They're playing on it. We got there first. We're honestly getting ready to go as other groups are getting there to go do something else. I turned to look at my buddy, Ben, one of the other counselors. Shout out to Ben. 
Um, and he yells something. I yell something back, right? I'm trying to get my group ready to go. I slip and just completely fall on my back into this like four feet of water that is just mucky and gross in front of like the whole camp. So I am soaked. My phone is in my pocket. All the kids stuff is on my back. My hat had fallen off my head down the river gone. It took like three or four counselors to like get me out of there. Cause it's like steep on the sides. It was a horrifying, embarrassing day. And I was so mad about it for like <laughs> forever. Right. It was just one of those, like, Oh, we were having fun. And like, the really nice thing is like all the kids were very worried. I, I thought it would just be like laughter, right? Because I'm like, I'm falling back. This is hilarious, right? The kids were all very worried. They were nice to me for the rest of the day. I was in a horrible mood. I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like my worst nightmare. Like this sounds like something out of a horrible dream of like when you said fall on a lake, I was like, oh yeah, play to lake or something. He's on like a paddleboard or something, gets hit by something, falls off. Like this is... This is much more horrifying, like taking a mud bath in the middle of a field trip and stuff like, oh, man, wet socks the rest of the day. Wet socks, like wet shoes, like it's making my skin crawl or like just, you know, um, not at all what you want. As I'm trying to find the stupid name of the thing. Um, Starved Rock. Blame Starved Rock in Illinois. Like. A major, well, not, I mean, I don't know if you're from Illinois, you absolutely know where Starved Rock is. You were there at a field, a field trip at one point. French Canyon, if you've ever been there, you'll know exactly where I'm talking about. Um, Wasn't hurt or anything like that, but my pride was wounded. It was, so it was. You could say that Starved Rock feasted upon your pride that day. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) It was a bad time. The kids were super nice about it, but I was mad for like, and then like, the worst part is like, cause for the other counselors and stuff like that, I was just trying to live it down. They were giving me a hard time. Right. Of course, like the other kids, my age, right. Who were working there. Um, and then every couple of days, right. Like when I got back that day, everything it was a huge thing at camp. Like everybody was talking about it. People's moms would come and pick them up and be like, did you fall in a, did you like fall something? You know, did you like fall 10 feet and get like swished away in the river? Like, the kids telling the story made it like bigger and bigger and bigger than it was. Sensationalized it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was they were playing a game of telephone and everybody's mom was coming up to me being like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I was fine the minute it happened. Like this is annoying." Um <laughs> I just remember one of the kids who wasn't there that day, but was like a total sweetheart, like fourth grade, yeah, fourth grade boy and girl or brother and sister, right? Didn't know what was going on. And they came up the next day and they're like, I can't believe you're here. We heard you died. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, <laughs> this is so, you know, but it wasn't like, I can laugh at it now, but at the time it was like, I have to keep talking about it and telling the story. And it just keeps getting worse. And my shoes well, are ruined. It sounds like, yeah. if anything, these kids taught you a great life lesson because, you know, we always talk about here, like, it sounds like these sixth grade kids were basically like the sun in England. They just sensationalize all the stories, basically. <laughs> so nice training for later on in life, at least. You Absolutely. The skill, the skills you learn, you know, but uh, no, a lot of a lot of good stories and fun times from from those summers. Those are some of the better jobs. But yeah, um, I got a lot more uh, crazy work stories. Maybe we'll unpack them some other time. Yeah, of, man. Uh, well, but we're, we're running long enough today. Uh, this group chat, I've just turned off Do Not Disturb, and it's still going ridiculously crazy. So I'm guessing yep. things are happening in this baseball game. I'd like to go see the end of it. I'm sure you would too, my yes, friend. Yes, sir. But 
wherever you are, thank you for listening. Please uh, follow, like, review, rate, subscribe, all those good things. Give us a follow on Twitter at Fish Fries Pod. Uh, all that thing, tell your friends, all that stuff really helps out. So we really appreciate it. Really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we'll be back with a international man of mystery pod at some point next week, Andrew. Yes, sir. We will be back then. But until then, man, I, I don't got anything else. But uh, let me know if you do. Oh, let's get out of here, my friend. Take it easy. All right. Appreciate it, man.